Trek program. It's time for action, Program complete. Listen when ready. Futurikable. Basically like what? Jeff and David when we played racquetball, except, you know, one of us would have to be good. We were both mediocre and would we were both O'Brien. ourselves. Yeah, we were yeah. both O'Brien. Let's be honest. <laughs> Although I do appreciate <laughs> that scene where he takes his shirt off and I'm like, yep, dead bod. 100%. Yeah. 100% dad bod. That's, that is the epitome of right there. <laughs> awesome. Um, welcome to the Nerd Trick Podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jeff. I'm here with David. Hey, guys. And Phil. Hi, everybody. Yes. We're going to be talking about sweaty, half-naked, most important man in Starfleet. Future Racquetball if it was <laughs> sponsored by Target. It's weird that in Future Racquetball, it's like it's still just a racket and ball, and like yeah, a, with, and like and a, then a bunch a rubber of ball. panels facing in different but, directions. But we have to, yeah, but we have to make the court look all sci-fi looking. Yeah, with yeah. Like plywood panels and targets. <laughs> Not to mention, both of them broke their their paddles at some point. I'm like, the ones we have now don't break easy. How, what are they making those metal ones out of? Right. And they're replicating them out of it. They're like, Kunk. oh. It's like, oh, <laughs> did you go to the Wish replicator for this one? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> he just had a string of bad luck. That's what it was. It was bad luck. All right. Today we are discussing, if you haven't guessed by now, uh, <laughs> DS9 Season 2, Episode 11, Rivals, original air date, January 2nd, 1994. Um, so basically, Prince Humperdinck uh, comes to <laughs> DS9 and <laughs> stirs up some like weird shenanigans. Eagle Bird uh, Humperdinck. <laughs> no, it's uh, Chris uh, Sarandon from uh, The Princess Bride. I know. Something. Okay. Anyways. Um, so he's so he's actually an Allurian, uh, like uh, Kynan. He's, you, want so the, we you want the backstory? Yes. Oh, he is. I didn't he was he was supposed that. to be one of Guinan's wayward kids. Oh. And she just happened to be unavailable f- during the Ooh. time when they were filming. She was supposed to make a guest appearance. Oh, it's like but was scolding him. I don't I don't know if what the what grab the, his ear and take him away. Like, but yeah, so when she wasn't available, they had to remove the references to Guinan and rewrite it a bit. But they can yeah. still say hey, he's supposed to be one of I'm, his kids. But she, but he could easily just say yes, my my mother Guinan, and they. Well, the whole point was to have the guest appearance by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. So. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's that tracks. That tracks. But yes. I love it. He he totally plays up the typical Alorian. Hey, let me. I'm a good listener. Let's talk. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm a good listener. And then I, I like when like Cork gets upset. He's like, I'm listening. Come I'm on, listener. I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. It takes him about two seconds to be off on a wild like mental chase, yeah. not paying attention. Um, um. So yeah. So he. So uh, Chris Sarandon stumbles across this like gambling device, which you just push a button and, and it fucking lights up, and that's it. And they go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not not at all like a slot machine. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Well, except the slot machine doesn't go womp, womp, womp when you that lose. Is true. Yeah. Yeah. And then kills you. Um, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but these little devices apparently like they alter the neutrinos around you, so it like changes physics and actually like gives you good good or bad luck. They kind of look like exocomps. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah, kind of. Well, the, the like the fact that the neutrinos are all spinning the same way they said was a effect of the machine, not what the machine was like doing. It's not like making the neutrinos spin changed the probabilities. The machine was changing probabilities, which was making them all spin the same way. That was just like their way to tell. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, but that's how they like measured how close they were to whatever the source was. Yeah, yeah. So by having this thing, it either if if you were winning, it gave you a string of good luck. If you were losing, then it gave you bad luck. So and as like, you have to do a show about luck, you start with an Irishman. Because <laughs> it started and ended with O'Brien. Poor man. That poor poor man. Um, I like. I think. One of the things I like is so that when when he, when he finds this uh, device in in the security cell of uh, the prison, whatever the guy that that he gets it from finally wins, and then he he dies. And he dies. So he's like he's like finally. I'm at Isn't peace. it uh, ironic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Thank someone you, dies. You can end that tour. But he dies. Ah uh, yes. So there you the go. Wayward old dude. Yeah. And of course, in true Star Trek fashion, they didn't explain where this came from. Or nope. how it actually does it. It's, it's just it, with him in a cell, and then he takes it off of the guy's corpse, basically. Well, because even later, when when he replicates him for his little casino, he's just like, "Oh, I I had the computer scan it," and you're like, "What the fuck does it do?" Like, no, yeah. like nothing's yep. explained at all. Yeah, um, yeah. So he gets that. It kind of drives Quark out of business or or slower business. Yeah, and then you got the story of, um. A Bashir and O'Brien uh, kind of like battling, being rivals, playing racquetball and random weird yeah, shit, but, shit happening. And apparently O'Brien built a racquetball court without finding out if anybody on the station actually played. He's like, I, he's just kind of had a, I, I build just, it, they I, will come. I just play with myself. <laughs> field of dreams. I would. <laughs> I, I guess that's a lot of work to build like a regulation court. Plus you're on a space station. It's not like there's big open areas where you can just be like, I'll pet, take off part of this field and like make it into a thing. Where did he find an empty room on DS nine to just turn into his personal racquetball court? Oh, uh, it's a pretty damn big station. Yeah. Well, and the court's not very big. I mean, it's not, it's probably the size of like someone's quarters. Maybe. Yeah, I guess maybe like, like 50 feet across. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look as nearly as big as like a regulation size or standard size racquetball court is. Because when they were standing side by side when they were playing each other, they were pretty close together. Mm-hmm. They were only separated well, by a couple of feet. That's just asking usually, for some injuries. Right? Just get whacked upside the head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Is that the only death we have this episode? In this one, yes. Sadly. Okay. So our count is at our standard 1650 from TOS, plus our 30,028 from TNG, now also with 923 from DS9 for a total of 32,601 people murdered thus far. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't murdered. He, he Let's, died. Well, he Let's be honest. Most, most of that 32,601 are murders. Very few of them are accidents or it's people dying causes. of old age. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. <laughs> it is something that's... murdering something. <laughs> it's some sort of murder, murdery thing. Murder. Yeah. Okay, now we do need to have a discussion on one Ooh. thing. Uh, oh, oh. Um, shenanigans. We, yes, possible shenanigans. When Quark is organizing 
the racquetball match to support the Bajoran oh, kids. Total and shenanigans. He, and, he, and he tries to drug Bashir so that he would lose because <laughs> everybody had their money on him. <laughs> drink all of it, doctor. Drink it up. All in one, one shot. It's the, it gives you the best effect. <laughs> normally, I would try to make it into many shenanigans. I will accept a single shenanigan because it's all born of that like moment, aha moment when he's talking to O'Brien. Yeah. And then it all kind of does devolve from there. So it is like a a tree of shenanigans that all come from the one oh. shenanigan. And, and I will say Quirk is a horrible bookie. Why would you take yeah. so much action on one person without having enough on the balance side? You know, like why, would you, why would you let that? Why would you let that much betting happen? Well, okay. I've never been a bookie. Apparently Phil has, but <laughs> I assume that people get <laughs> to choose who they back. Like they, I mean, you make the odds, you know, hundred to one or whatever, for the other guy to try and get people to bet on him. But that's the interesting thing too. He, he can't have even money. So it's gotta be like a yeah, hundred to one, one way or something. But he said like everybody's people. betting on Bashir. Nobody's betting on chief O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. Poor so I'm guy. like, yes. Yeah. So he's not doing his job right. He needs to mm-hmm. adjust those odds. To something. <laughs> gotta something make sure the house there. wins. What the hell? He's trying to get the hey, buckets the ha- for the orphans. The house always takes blue. House always takes blue. Poor orphans. Um, I'm willing to say that we saw them like four episodes ago. We know they're there. That's true. There are orphans. uh, Cardassian, little Cardassian kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Orphans or whatever. I'm going to say this is one total shenanigan with maybe some like underpinnings of layered shenanigans. (laughs) It's like an umbrella shenanigan. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I'm willing willing to collapse the folder tree down to one shenanigan. One (laughs) like it definitely no no sub shenanigans. (laughs) There are sub shenanigans here. (laughs) Yes, because it because it was feeding into the main shenanigan. So it was and it it was all birthed from that main shenanigan where he's like, I'm going to announce the game and then blah, 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 blah. Well, plus, I mean, and we're only counting the Ferengi ones. We're not counting the like con artist ones. Oh, yeah. I was was conning everybody. uh Well, and Quark breaks up a shenanigan because he he like reverse shenanigans because he figures out (laughs) the the, the woman, the 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 old lady thing. Yeah, that takes all of of the guy's money. And Quark's like, no, nice try, which if I'm reading the episode right was a reverse shenanigan in and of itself right she conned him with the mining scheme and he was gonna con her with the whole thing yeah but then he ends up conning the one bajoran who was leaving her shop and he's like seducing her and he's like convinces her to because she has the lease on the space to turn it into a casino yeah yeah which is the one thing i don't like because where they put the casino that's where the bajoran temple should be Right across from Quarks. Yeah, like kitty corner from Quarks. Like nerd, you nerd. nerd. <laughs> yeah, and then they don't. Whatever. <laughs> you know. You know. Well, no, but it, yeah, it's. God it's, damn it! Why can't the promenade set be set up differently? I don't know. It rotates. It's in space. It's like 2001. It just rotates. Just the one part spins one way, the other part spins yeah. the other way. Changing views. They're like, That's hey, look, it's the Replimat. Oh, hey, look, it's the Klingon restaurant. Oh, hey, look, it's the artificial gravity. Plus, you have to love the wonderful acting when he's like, I'm losing everything. I just need the warm hug of anyone. And then he gives her a hug and she walks in and she's like, I'm leaving you. Like, well, yeah, I knew you the, were no good. He goes right into the boobs of the Dabo girl or whoever she is. Yeah, like, he needs a warm embrace and he just like he face dives. Just, yeah, he's like full motorboat engage. Yeah. But it was, I don't know, it was terrible. It was so over the top. I was like, it's uh-huh. not convincing at all. And then, of course, she walks in and she's like, oh, I knew you were terrible. It's very well, so, uh, daytime TV. Yeah. So I did have a question, and I think we've talked about this a little bit uh, in in the past. Was um, 
so regarding the earrings, the like jewelry mm-hmm. um, for the Bajorans. So it's it's often I think the uh, women wear it. But in this episode, um, the one woman, uh, she's wearing one and then she's like, oh, are you proposing to me? And then he gives her like a more fancy one. So is that like a wedding? Is that like a uh, a ceremonial thing or is it more towards their religion? Because in the next episode, there are some people, there's those male scientists and they're not wearing anything. So I'm like, but I've seen men wear them before. Yeah, so which is, is weird. Is there any cause... Con- continuity on that? I- I think it's an early season. Hey, we're still feeling out the Bajorans cultural kind of stuff because in mm. later seasons, like everybody's wearing them. Yeah. So, mm. but, but I do, I think in part of the backstory is, or maybe they reference it at some point. Um, the, the, the different level of ornateness of your earring, mm. it's a, it's a social thing. Oh, so like, like where you're at on the, Yeah. Like when, mm. like when Zek tried to give Kira the the gold press latinum earring, and she was like, "What? Oh my God, no! What?" Well, because even that that one episode, um, I think the the beginning of this season where um, it's that missing like freedom fighter, mm-hmm. and they and his earring comes up, and, and they recognize that it's his because it's got like his family crest on it, crest or something. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it must be like a family heirloom thing. Yeah, not necessarily like a caste system kind of thing, but or yeah, I'm sure everybody everybody has like their own design based on your status in society. Yeah, like like the ranch brand. Oops. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> like my ears, God. Well, but then <laughs> like, I like when too... Cork gets branded in his forehead. Yeah, <laughs> but then I wonder if it's like a ceremonial thing because he when he's kind of like making the moves on that one woman, he gives her like a fancy one, but then just as as much as like Zach gave one to Kira. Is that yeah? There's it's kind of a, the equivalent. I, it's probably going to be like D, all the above. All. Yeah, like a, little, like a little bit of yeah. everything. Okay. No, I was just I'm just kind of curious because I'm I'm uh-huh. I'm finding their the Bajorans culture and kind of just learning more about them is like it's it gets interesting as we get as we learn you know little by little. So yeah, that's one of the things I love about about this series the most is the Bajoran people and their culture and their. So I mean, like we had the episode where. Um, uh, couple of episodes ago i guess where the uh, people come in through the gamma quadrant but anyways quark has yeah quark has the bajoran musician playing in his bar and so they're like oh finally it's like hey he's one of the he's one of the most storied musicians of bajor and here he is playing in quark's bar right (laughs) like but that's that's what their society was it was all artists and musicians and the, the culture and the religion was very deep before the occupation. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, they were only kind of turned militaristic because they were <laughs> they fighting back against they the Cardassians. Yeah. They had to. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so they finally figure out that it's these little machines, they destroy them, and then that's kind of it. It doesn't really go anywhere. It, that's. Yeah. Um, I do like that. You know how to turn them off? No. How'd you turn no. them on? Just we just replicated them and they turned on. All right. Boom, boom, boom. And he's like, no. I'm like, dude, you could replicate him again. It's not that, like, <laughs> you still have the small one, I'm assuming. And if not, we know there's, like, pattern buffers in the replicators or something that would be like, all right, go back to the last copy job. It's stored in a cache <laughs> somewhere. Hit it again. Like, <laughs> recall true. the last print job, please, and reprint it. Yeah. Um, it, It's a fine episode. It's fine. It doesn't do anything. I mean, it's it's okay. Um, it doesn't go anywhere. I think it would have been cooler if 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 he had been like related to Guinan, if you know been her kid or something. That 
would have been yeah. cool. But it, that would have been a neat crossover. Yeah, it's fine. Crossover. Yeah. Phil, what do and, you think? And there were two good rules of acquisition referenced. Never trust a man wearing a better suit than your own. Uh, <laughs> and and dignity in an empty sack is worth the sack. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want your dignity? It's like, pff, no. Um, yeah, this is a, yeah, I do agree with Jeff that yeah, this doesn't really do anything, doesn't move anything. Um, but it's a fun episode. It's the storyline is pretty clever. Uh, it's it, it kind of keeps everybody on their toes. Plus, this kind of sets up the future with and starting to build the relationship between Chief O'Brien and Bashir. Yeah. Um, which we'll see build. And thank God we never see the racquetball court again. Um, <laughs> but he built it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he redressed the holiday, the hollow suite. And that's how it, yeah. 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 And it was just too complicated to put together every time. So <laughs> moving on. Um, but no, this, this lays some foundation work for their relationship, which really builds over the seasons. Um, and is one of the more interesting relationships, I think on the, on the station. Um, and there's and they always have like that competitive aspect to it, um, whatever they're doing. So it's it's really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I this this was really good. They're uh, Julian's like fancy like outfit that he wears. <laughs> His like it, like it's, oh, silver yeah. sneakers. It's very much like um, I don't know. I'll have to check and see if they reused them. But in Voyager, they have flight suits which are like white with whatever color piping with like red piping or yellow piping or green, mm. uh, bluey greeny piping. Um, and they look very similar to Julian's outfit. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they've recycled them now. So I'm going to oh, go check probably. that. But, but yeah, so his, his fancy outfit, I was like, Oh, you fancy man. And his silver, like crazy silver shoes. Yeah. They're just repainted Nike air Jordans. That's awesome. So. <laughs> yeah. I did like how shock there. I did like how Keiko is like when he's all when O'Brien's pissed off, she's like, well, whatever. Like she just doesn't, he kind of plays it off. But then when he kind of gets, wants to get revenge, she's like, kick his ass. Like she's, yeah, here's, she's all it. She like gives it, she like gives perfume. him this, yeah, exactly. The, the ancient Japanese silk scarf with her perfume and wraps it around his head. I was like, damn, Keiko's getting into this. Well, <laughs> and it is two different things. One was just the two of them going at it and he's being kind of, uh, and this is another, like they're setting it up as a game for charity. Like, an yeah, official like game being shown. Yeah. So I get that. I mean, it, she said either way, tonight we'll celebrate. But like, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Win or how, lose, tonight we'll celebrate. How are they going to celebrate? I don't know. They're, they're going to make Molly's junior. But this, all, this also <laughs> touches on something that I've been wondering about for a bit now, because the replicators obviously give you essentially anything you want for free. Um, you can replicate food, you can replicate items. Apparently you can replicate big ass balls that look like exocomps that you can put in the middle of tables. So you have to be why... very specific when you go to the replicator, because if you just ask for some big ass balls, you really aren't sure what you're going to yeah, get. Big ass balls. <laughs> <laughs> but so classy endeavor this. folks. Classy. We try nothing but high class. Uh, this has always been shown in an environment where it's on like a Starfleet ship where obviously everybody's going to conduct themselves in a certain way because they're part of Starfleet and so on. And mm. you would assume that maybe they're locked down, although we've already established there's no security in Star Trek. So why doesn't Quark have a competitor? Why didn't somebody just print a couple of bar chair, bar stools 
And this kind of brought that up where he goes to Cisco and he's like, I have an exclusivity contract. And he's contract. like, uh, yeah. no, you don't. You bribed a couple of Cardassians before <laughs> I got here. And like, you'd think there would be like shops everywhere around there because all you have to do is it, it's a money exchanging market. But at the same time, why does anybody buy anything there? You can just walk to the replicator and get it. Like, <laughs> well, with this, we've run into this before because it's, it's, um, it's like a, if you're part of Starfleet or the Federation, it's like they cover your tab when you're getting stuff from other cultures. Mm-hmm. But between themselves, that's why they still have Latinum and everything. Because we ran into this all the way back in Next Generation at Farpoint when Beverly wanted the the bolt of silk or whatever the guy had. Yeah. And she's like, oh, just charge it to Dr. Crusher on the Enterprise. Like Starfleet would just cover her bill. Well, see, but I had made a general assumption that replicators are relatively small. Usually you see in like it could fit like what we can fit in a microwave oven roughly. But now he's like replicating these giant things. And he obviously didn't do it in pieces and put them together because he couldn't, he didn't understand how these things worked. So he replicated them. Yeah. Get your big ass replicator. But he probably had to pay for that replicator use. Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. This, the Starfleet personnel, you could replicate whatever, no big deal. But for others, I mean, you have, there's gotta be some sort of transactional cost. I mean, even though it's just matter, it's, there's got to be something there because well, you're yeah, using like I mean. an oversized, like industrial size replicator. So that's why I'm curious. I'm like, it's a very capitalistic situation for the most part. And I'm like, if everything kind of runs on that, but you've got replicators, anybody can access. It feels like it just kind of yeah. implodes the whole thing <laughs> into that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, yeah, why are I mean, I understand like gambling. People are going to come to gamble because they want the money to take away from the station and spend other places where they probably don't have replicators and that's why they're still doing things via capitalistic way but oh yeah i mean they'll still need the money to buy something in garrick shop or at the replimat or whatever well but that's my point off the station or something even garrick shop you could just replicate whatever garrick would sell you like that's what i'm like no i guess that makes sense if there's cost to use the replicators that's a little different so here's here's my i guess kind of headcanon if you want to call it. but here's kind of my my reasoning um yes you can replicate whatever you want out of the replicator but someone has to program it into the replicator like they have to program a cup they have to input the the code that goes into that so yes i guess someone like garrick could input the computer code like okay make a coat with like gold trim and this design and all that and he could do it but i think also yeah. I, which i think kind of like now it's like you know i yes i i pay for the convenience of like ikea shitty furniture but if i know there's like like an artisan someone who handmade something i'll pay the extra because it's it's just a cool piece of work it's a piece of art that someone handmade and i'll pay the extra for it so that's kind of my like philosophy for it yeah i guess it's it's interesting i mean i th- I, I won't lie i buy phil's explanation better than yours jeff um but because I'm like, you could easily describe, it seems like you're able to program the replicator with v- verbal cues. Like they can walk in the holodeck and say, make it this, make it that, or with the replicator, well, make it this way or so on. But it makes more sense that if there is a charge for the replicator and you might not make it come out exactly the same because you're not able to describe it perfectly or verbally right. program it, that makes a little more sense plus the time involved. Well, so. think it, and, it, and it's like, it's like going on our cruise. So you have some things that are included for free and it's just like part of being there and chilling. But if you want to go to like the Jamie Oliver specialty restaurant, you got to pay a little upcharge. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the replicator is kind of the same way. It's like, hey, 
yeah, yeah, we'll we'll give you these rations and this stuff. But if you want to wreck the Gino, you got to pony up that. Mm, All right, there you go. A, that's a specialty coffee, so you got to pay extra on the side. Fair enough. I like that. Fair enough. Or like, I will buy that explanation. <laughs> well, like, what does Bashir get? He's trying to eat like a like a sandwich of some kind. He's like putting sauce on it, and, but it looks like a fucking a bologna sandwich or something. <laughs> Which but isn't bad, some, I mean, but it's got some fancy ass name, so come on. It does. It probably does. <laughs> is that what it is? The replicator's locked to bologna sandwich unless you pay, like <laughs> probably. It's like, hmm, PB and J or bologna or mystery meat. So the replicators are like cheese. EA. There's there's a paywall. <laughs> and if and if you microtransactions want to, that's, for that's everything. That's basically and, what I'm thinking. It's, it's, it's a, a paywall. They put they put the freaking replicator behind a paywall. <laughs> hey, speaking of microtransactions, if you want to support this podcast, you you can go give us a dollar. <laughs> You could go to anchor.fm and you can support the podcast if you'd like. Well, plus, also, you know, I think we have a link at thenerdtrek.com, but still. We will microtransaction the shit out of this thing. Y'all better be careful. We will. <laughs> um, Don't get that started. But I, I would also think that um, they probably have the replicators on lockdown. Like, I mean, they're probably like a, like a security feature where not everyone can just walk up and change it. There's probably like a selected menu or a selected amount of items. And then you pay extra, but it's like no one can just walk up and like. See, but that falls under there. Star Trek having security. We've already established no way <laughs> Star Trek has any security except maybe Quark locking up his shit. They like, have Odo though. Odo. They is... have Odo. That is, they have security personnel, but yeah. there's no passwords on the replicators or anything. There's like, there's like, well, there's just... like I sure. picture there's like four replicators in a room, and there's just like a guy standing at a counter. It's just like, Mer. looks like a DMV worker. Like, <laughs> welcome to replicator what can i replicate for you <laughs> like i need a new set of clothes okay well, have you guys have you guys watched any of it's on amazon prime it's called the peripheral it's with chloe grace not. moritz mm-hmm. so in that it's slightly in the future and she works in a 3d print shop and that's basically what it would be it's just walls of 3d printers that people like put in orders and she's printing them out and then changing out the filaments on and stuff so it's basically what it would be is like a wall of replicators like all she does <laughs> there's just some dude back like behind the replicator who's like 3d Stone, prints food and stuff and putting shit in there <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> what happens if we make this nope chicken ham is bad chicken ham bad <laughs> It's chicken ham. <laughs> it's like chicken ham. Fuck this. One day I'm gonna get out of this place. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. No. Uh, David, what'd you think about this one? Um, I yeah, I felt like it did kind of go nowhere. I mean, it was an interesting episode. Anything that deals with luck is always such a weird concept because you are playing with probabilities, but you, it's hard to explain. I think the best thing that's probably done it thus far was the character Domino in Deadpool 2. And even that oh, yeah. is just, she's like, I'm lucky. And he's like, that's not a power. And she's like, but it is. Like, just, just watch. <laughs> it, is. it is. You'll it see is. that it is. And some comic book characters, there's been a few of them that have done stuff like that. But on something like this, it just, it felt weird. Okay. They did okay with it. I kind of liked their scientific. How do you roll a natural finally. 20 every time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I liked how in the middle of the game they're like, all right, Bashir, throw it. Boom, it went straight to like straight to O'Brien, uh-huh. and then he did it, and it went straight back to him too. <laughs> but it's like, in, and also too, like seeing the stuff spinning the same way in the room. I'm like, that might get you close to the source, but at the same time, it's the person who's lucky because Bashir was unlucky and O'Brien was lucky, and they were right next to each other. So it's not like there's mm-hmm. an aura to it or things in the air. So it was a, 
the don't, logic don't, don't got a little too, wonky. Don't think too hard about it. No, no, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I have to do. Uh, but if you let that go, it is kind of a fun episode. I'm surprised they still call it racquetball because he didn't say what it was at the beginning. And I was like, oh, it's like a racquetball. It's sport. racquetball. We're going to call it. And then he literally is like, oh, we we're playing racquetball. And I'm it's like, racquetball. Really? There's no there's no <laughs> futuristic 24th century cool name for it. It's racquetball. Yeah. Like, it's space racquetball or zero G racquetball. Yeah, if they played it in zero G, that would have been cool. They're all flying that around. That would have been neat. Okay, so all this being said, had an advantage. <laughs> all that being said, what's the Devometer score? Ooh, Devometer score. Um, I'm putting this at a 6.5. I'm going to try and be a little tougher on the episodes because we have been up in eights and sevens and stuff a lot. So yeah, um, it it does get its points because it was entertaining. It was interesting to watch. It held my attention. Um. <laughs> But yeah, just kind of the the magic-y, ooey wooey. Like that's that's the Star Wars stuff. I want the Force in Star Wars. I don't want the luck in ooey, Star ooey. Trek. Like, <laughs> take your fucking metachlorians and be happy. <laughs> hey, we're we're dealing with wormhole alien gods, right? Yeah. What else do you want? I, oh, I just wait. Yeah, it's it's getting it, it's levels of weird. So I, I'm gonna have to mark it down a bit for that. But the fun of the episode still stands. So yeah, six point five okay. right there. Okay. Did you add the shenanigan? I just want to. I did add that. the shenanigan. We okay. are now currently at sixteen shenanigans. All the seventeen. Shenanigans. I'm sorry, seventeen. Ooh. Sorry, we were at sixteen. We are now at seventeen shenanigans. Seventeen shenanigans. Uh, cool. Yeah, this is yeah. Average episode. I'm with you guys. I but I, I think you guys enjoyed it more than I did, but it was fine. I could easily see this being a bottle episode they ran as a rerun, like on Saturday mornings when I was a kid or something, because you don't really need to know anything else about anything. it it's just oh yeah lucky it's lucky the, man is lucky okay cool like, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> cool some crazy space stuff happens and okay they thought they figured it out cool also here's this logic one so if you're playing the get the thing it says if you're lucky you keep being lucky so it's like an inertia type thing you start moving in a direction you keep going so how do you suddenly turn unlucky if if it is what's making you lucky and that's making it win which is making you lucky and that's compounding on itself how come you suddenly just go and like go down <laughs> i thought it was just like a juju every... thing like oh you got the good juju today okay yeah. cool well the that would have made sense else. but he, they literally they said that at some point that it was a matter of like you, that's how the device worked if you win you keep winning you keep winning when you lose you keep losing not to mention who wouldn't stop then if you know that's the case like you win you right. lose once okay done like because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point you're away. supposed to be sitting there going oh i can win again i can win again i can win again but mm-hmm. i don't know so I, that that logic doesn't hold to me either i feel like you'd create a perpetual motion in one direction and it wouldn't stop and turn around all of a sudden kind of what it seems like yeah but again if you're yeah, not gonna explain how it works then why do you you don't have to explain why it does what it does no, so, you don't have to explain anything yeah pretty much all right lack, it's, easier just, it's easier just not to explain yeah yeah pretty much yeah but it's more annoying to not explain. <laughs> that's the yep. whole point mm. And with that, I think we're going to go, because if you're going to get cheated, at least get cheated by family. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, go go check go check out that episode. Uh, it was entertaining. But, um, yeah. All right, David, why don't you do our spiel? 
Alrighty, yeah. Find out what's your nerd trick at thenerdtrick.com. We got links to our social medias. You can see our smiling faces. You can buy some of our shit at Bonfire or at Cafe Press if you're feeling old and nostalgic for our previous merch. And then whenever you are done playing with the giant set of balls across from Quarks, we you can give us a five star rating and review, and we will read that out over the air. And while you're there, check out some of our other podcasts, such as Aiming to Misbehave, a Firefly podcast where I make these two yokels watch what I like for once. And see what how they like it. Yeah, we're never doing that again. <laughs> well, we don't have to. We did the we did the one season. We're done. Yeah, that was one it. and done. That's easy. There's, there's no other one season show that I'm obsessed with that I can make you watch. Give it 20 years, and there'll be some random show that's out now. It's right. like, well, we have to watch it. Like, go on, yeah, God. So when we're like 60, we're like, fine, we'll watch it. We're like, I fucking hate you so much. All in the old so, folks' home. Why are we watching Firefly again? I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> It was 40 years ago. It's been yeah, by then I'll years. by then I'll have forgotten it, so it'll be okay. That's true. That's true. It'll be brand new for you, you every know. time. Like, look. Hmm. Or he'll just be full of hatred. He's like, oh, this is the show that David wanted me to watch. Right. Every time. Let's <laughs> let the hatred thing. flow through your body. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it for us, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We do always appreciate it. And we will yes. catch you on the next one. Bye, everybody. See ya.